1: Nearly a month in. Did you know, Claire, that almost a third of babies are born with a birthmark of some sort?
0: Yeah, they're mostly harmless and will disappear by themselves. They're sometimes called angel kisses. Oh, I
1: haven't heard that before. Very cute. And you might be finding that the music you listen to when you are pregnant is having
0: a soothing effect on your baby. Oh, I remember us talking about that. That's a good one to try. Right, let's find out what's happening with baby this week. What's happening for baby? This baby is working out. He's like a proper gym bunny at the moment. You may notice him trying to lift his head when he's lying on his tummy
1: yeah tummy time really helps to build those muscles by the end of the week he may have managed to lift his head and even turn it from side to side which is impressive stuff in such a short space of time isn't it
0: it really is he's also getting more control over his muscles so you may notice that his arm and leg movements become smoother and less jerky
1: now presumably your baby is in the perfect sleep routine by now yeah right (laughs) sometimes you feel like you're the only one don't you i used to kind of grind my teeth when people talked about how well
0: their baby was sleeping
1: I mean, I was happy for them, of course.
0: No, you weren't. When you're sleep deprived, (laughs) it's amazing how resentful you feel about anyone who's getting a good night's
1: sleep. Most babies aren't in a sleep routine yet, but there are things you can do to teach them the difference between day and night. It might just tip the balance as they get older.
0: Yeah, I always try to keep the curtains open during the day, keep things bright and with normal daytime noises, and then at night, keep it all quiet and lights down low. Also, I wouldn't play with them at night when they woke, partly to give them the message that it was night time, but probably mostly because I was hanging on by a thread at (laughs) 3am. Yeah, a nighttime routine can help too, can't it? Yeah, at this stage, an evening bath and story, or a song can help can't it just introduce the idea that it's night time of course you won't see anything immediately but it's sending out the right message and we all live and hope that they will get the message sooner or later (laughs) it might help to know that at one month your baby needs on average
1: about six to seven hours sleep during the day and a further eight to nine hours at night making a
0: whopping total of 14 to 16 hours per day but they're all individuals aren't they so some need a bit more and some need a bit less a bit like us adults yeah what's happening for
1: you right here we are talking about baby sleep but
0: really the elephant in the room is how little sleep you're getting yeah let's not mess around you're knackered and you now appreciate why sleep deprivation is a type of torture we're going to do our best to avoid all those annoying words of advice you get aren't we but perhaps tell you what helped us
1: I used to think about all the other parents around the world who were up with their babies if I was awake. Yeah. I think it really helps you to feel like you're not the only one. There's a Wide Awake Club on Baby Centre's Facebook page. So if you're up in the middle of the night and you want to chat, there are other parents in exactly the same position as you.
0: Good one. I kept in mind that it doesn't go on forever and it really doesn't. There will be a time when a good night's sleep is yours again. And when your baby's a teenager and sleeping until noon You can get your own back by waking them up, can't you? (laughs)
1: That's a genius plan. Make sure you're comfy at night when you're up with a baby too. So something like a warm dressing gown, that can just help so you're not there
0: shivering while you're cuddling them. Oh, definitely. You've got to be comfy. And when you're completely wiped out, it can be really hard to cope with your baby's crying. Yeah, sometimes it might seem as if they're
1: crying all the time. I've found that knowing some of the reasons why they were crying helped. It sort of put it into context. I think it made me feel a bit more empowered about how to deal with it, actually.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. And at this stage, crying is all they've got as a way of communicating. So it covers a whole range of stuff that your baby's trying to tell you, doesn't it? Yeah. It could be that he's hungry, that his tummy feels windy. That he's too hot or he's too cold. Yes, or that his nappy knee's changing. He may just want a cuddle, just some comfort to be held and feel close to you. And bizarrely, he may be overtired or overstimulated, particularly during the day when you've had loads of visitors.
1: Yeah, my baby's definitely cried when they were overstimulated after a busy day. He also may cry to tell you that he feels poorly. Check out the link in the show notes to see what to look out for. And as always, trust your instincts with this one.
0: Yeah, if your baby's crying is really getting you down, then do speak to your health visitor. Also remember that if you feel really desperate, then it's fine and OK to place your baby in his cot. Make sure he's safe and then walk away and take a few minutes for yourself.
1: That's a really important thing to remember, Claire. If you're looking to improve the quality of the sleep you're getting, then check out the tips on Baby center We'll put the link in the show notes.
0: Too embarrassed
1: to ask. This week, our too embarrassed to ask question is, my birth was awful and it's left me feeling really low emotionally and physically.
0: Oh Lucy, birth can be a shocker, can't it? I think some women and their partners can be left really traumatised by it. There are probably a few reasons why mums might feel low afterwards, aren't there?
1: Yeah, you might have had a birth that went very differently from your birth plan. Perhaps you were keen to avoid intervention but ended up needing it.
0: And some women can find it particularly hard if they don't know why certain decisions were made.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And also you might be feeling really sore, just really
2: uncomfortable.
0: We asked our baby centre antenatal expert, Chess, to give us some pointers on what might help if you're feeling this way.
2: If you are feeling unhappy about your birth experience, maybe it's made you feel emotionally all at sea or you're questioning some of the things that happened. It's worth thinking about what's going to be the right thing to help you. It's really interesting how birth can affect women. And it doesn't mean that you need to have had something terrible happen to you during the birth or some really awful interventions. It could be that everything actually went very well, but you still felt traumatised by it in some way. And this is quite an interesting thing about birth trauma, that it's not so much what happened as to how it's left you feeling. So you could have something happen during your labour and birth which wouldn't bother another woman at all. Or you could have all the things, all the interventions going under the sun, but feel very happy (laughs) at the end of it all. So it's not simple. It's not a simple thing to say, you know, if this happens to you, you're going to feel traumatised. It's really about how it's left you feeling afterwards. If you just have question marks over what happened, what decisions were made, maybe you don't understand why something was done, it may help you to get hold of your Birth records and to make an appointment with a service at your hospital if it's available. Lots of maternity units have a service called birth reflections or birth afterbirths, that sort of thing, where you can make an appointment with a usually a midwife counsellor who can go through your notes with you, and you can you know ask questions about what happened when and why, and that might be all you need to feel better about what's happened. If, however, you feel that it's affecting your mental health, maybe. You're having trouble sleeping, maybe you're having flashbacks, maybe you're feeling depressed or anxious. You know, you may well need more help, more specialized help. If you feel that that's how you're responding to what's happened, it's a good idea to make an appointment with your GP to really you know, talk about how you're feeling. And your GP may well refer you on to a, a specialist in mental health who can help you to get some resolution. So, when we talk about birth trauma, A lot of it seems to be down to how a woman was cared for, how involved and in control she and her partner felt. So we need to be mindful that partners can be negatively affected by birth experiences too. Sometimes expectations are so vastly different to what happens that it can be shocking, it can really leave its mark. So this could be a fast labour, an unexpected complication, an intervention, something done without adequate pain relief or long periods of time without pain relief, all sorts of things, including, of course, what we fear the most, loss of life. Sometimes it's down to lack of communication. Perhaps there was an emergency and the woman had to be whisked away, leaving the partner for what may seem like or actually is a long time, fearful for their partner's life or their baby's life. Good communication and the words used to communicate what is happening can be crucial to help people to come away emotionally and psychologically intact. So if you feel like you are experiencing PTSD or birth trauma there are some techniques that can help you and these need to be done with a specialist who really knows what they're doing. So one of the techniques is called Rewind. Rewind uses relaxation to help you to replay what happened in your head and to disassociate yourself from the events. It can be effective within about three sessions. And one of the great things about it is that you don't have to verbalise what happened to you, so you don't have to talk about it. Sometimes talking about what happened is not helpful because it's kind of reinforcing those negative and fearful feelings. So Rewind works by replaying what happened as if you were viewing it as an outsider, rewinding and fast-forwarding what happened as yourself again while you're deeply relaxed. It helps your brain to rewire response patterns around the event so that you're no longer in flight or fight mode. Rewind can be helpful any time, three weeks, three years, or even 30 years afterwards. And we know, you know, women are sometimes left with experiences that they cannot get out of their heads. So, you know, having something like that that you can use so far ahead in time is, is just brilliant. Another technique is called EMDR. EMDR is eye movement desensitisation and reprocessing. It involves using rapid eye movements while recalling the event. It helps stimulate the brain to reprocess information. You may also be recommended to have trauma-focused CBT, so that's Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. This can be helpful for PTSD and birth trauma too, and it's also good for depression, particularly if you have a tendency to see things in a negative light. The first step in all these situations is to see your GP for referral and diagnosis. Your GP is used to hearing stories like yours. Um, it's not going to be a shock to them. They hopefully will listen to you sensitively and be able to refer you to the, to the person who's just going to best be able to help you.
1: Thanks again to Chess. Is it just me or is she the most soothing person in the world?
0: Yes, and it's great advice to get help if you need it. Right, let's move on. What do you expect this week? Okay, this week we're talking... Changing bags and just generally getting out of the front door and blinking into the sunlight with your baby in tow. It's no small achievement, is it? It's like a flipping military operation. So let's look at what helps. I feel a list coming on. So here's our top five for getting out and about with your newborn. Okay, let's do this. Yeah. In at
1: five, changing bag. Changing bag. Yeah, you've already got one and you've probably already figured out all the things that are wrong with it because there's no such thing as a perfect bag. I actually gave up and chucked everything in a rucksack. Yeah, that can work. Basically, your bag needs to be comfy, though, and big enough to handle all the
0: stuff. Ah, the stuff. That's our number four. You know the basics. Nappies, changing mat, wipes, and nappy sacks. But you've probably added a few bits to that.
1: Yeah, just a few. Breast pads for when yours get soaked through. Muslins. At least two changes of clothes for your baby for when they get that big
0: poo-nami. Just how does that poo get all the way up their back? How? Right up to the neck. Oh. And crucially, a change of top for you, too. I think I learned that one the hard way after the baby threw up on me and I had nothing to change into.
1: Okay, in a three is a decent sling or carrier. Find one that suits you and with the right changing bag, you can end up being hands-free.
0: It depends on where you're going, doesn't it? Sometimes you need your pram or buggy to take the load. But some outings are so much easier if you have the baby in a sling and a rucksack. Although, as I've said before, personally, I wasn't a sling kind of girl, so it was always a buggy for me. It's the old handbag thing again. There's no one solution that fits every occasion. You just have to mix it up a bit. Number two, choose your moment. Might sound like an obvious point but if you can leave the house with a baby that's just been fed and is in a clean nappy then you're halfway there.
1: Yeah and that can take three hours of pre-planning. So if you need to leave at a particular time then I found you do need to think ahead. Too right. Okay on to number one. Be realistic about what you can get done. I mean I'm a classic case of thinking I can achieve loads but really it feels much better to set yourself an achievable target and nail that
0: so pop and get some nappies and grab a coffee rather than thinking that you can do a big supermarket shop get the car cleaned catch up with a friend and go to the dentist (laughs) yeah that sort of thing it's not about not being ambitious it's just about not setting yourself up to feel
1: rubbish it's still really early days
0: yeah baby steps I had a friend who was a mum of two who did something I thought was absolutely brilliant for her friends when they had their baby. She basically organised an outing with them to the town centre and she took them for lunch and showed them where the pit stops were. The really good cafes where there's space for your buggy and a good changing room. Those places that you really need to know about once you're going out more. They become your kind of go-to places when you have a baby. Oh, that's a
1: brilliant idea. I remember feeling a little bit nervous about going out thinking, oh, I can't get my buggy into the toilet and also have a wee, but I need to change my baby. It can all feel just too much sometimes, can't it? I think I might do that for my friends who are pregnant. Okay, that's us done and dusted for another week. As always, please remember that the podcast don't replace medical advice and you should always speak to your own doctor or midwife if you have any concerns,
0: or it might be a health issue by now. We hope you stay well, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time for week four with your newborn. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to The Parent Pod. If you'd like more expert advice and information, chat to others at your stage of pregnancy, or get emails tailored to you and your baby. Download the BabyCentre app now, or visit babycentre.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Baby Centre UK. All the info we cover in each episode is linked in our show notes. If you loved our podcast and found it useful, please rate and review The Parent Pod wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to share it with your partner and friends.